0: Welcome to Calvert Library's Book Bites, first chapters that leave you hungry for more. Today's selection is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. Chapter 1 Yost. Yost had two problems the moon and his mustache. He was supposed to be making his rounds at the Huda house, but for the last fifteen minutes he'd been hovering around the southeast wall of the gardens, trying to think of something clever and romantic to say to Anya. If only Anya's eyes were blue like the sea or green like an emerald. Instead, her eyes were brown. Lovely, dreamy. Melted chocolate brown? Rabbit fur brown? just tell her she's got skin like moonlight his friend Pieter had said girls love that a perfect solution but the ketterdam weather was not cooperating there'd been no breeze off the harbor that day and a gray milk fog had wreathed the city's canals and crooked alleys in damp even here among the mansions of the geldstrat the air hung thick with the smell of fish and bilge water "'and the smoke from the refineries on the city's outer islands "'had smeared the night sky in a briny haze. "'The full moon looked less like a jewel "'than a yellowy blister in need of lancing. "'Maybe he could compliment Anya's laugh? "'Except he never heard her laugh. "'He wasn't very good with jokes. Yost glanced at his reflection "'in one of the glass panels set into the double doors "'that led from the house to the side garden.' His mother was right. Even in his new uniform, he still looked like a baby. Gently, he brushed his finger along his upper lip. If only his mustache would come in. It definitely felt thicker than yesterday. He'd been a guard at the Stadwatch less than six weeks, and it wasn't nearly as exciting as he'd hoped. He thought he'd be running down thieves in the barrel or patrolling the harbors, getting first look at cargo coming in on the docks. But ever since the assassination of that ambassador at the town hall, the merchant council had been grumbling about security. So where was he? Stuck walking circles at some lucky merchant's house. Not just any merchant, though. Councilman Huda was about as high-placed in Ketterdam government as a man could be. The kind of man who could make a career. Jost adjusted the set of his coat and rifle "'then patted the weighted baton at his hip. "'Maybe Huda would take a liking to him. "'Sharp-eyed and quick with a cudgel, Huda would say. "'That fellow deserves a promotion.' "'Sergeant Just Van Pool, he whispered, "'savoring the sound of the words. "'Captain Just Van Pool. "'Stop gawking at yourself.' "'Just whirled, cheeks going hot as Henk and Rutger "'strode into the side garden,' They were both older, bigger, and broader of shoulder than Yost, and they were house guards, private servants of Councilman Hude. That meant they wore his pale green livery, carried fancy rifles from Zem, and never let Jost forget he was a lowly grunt from the city watch. Petting that bit of fuzz isn't going to make it grow any faster, Rutger said with a loud laugh. Yost tried to summon some dignity. I need to finish my rounds. Ratgur elbowed Hank. That means he's going to stick his head in the Grisha workshop to get a look at his girl. Oh, Anya, won't you use your Grisha magic to make my mustache grow? Hank mocked. Jost turned on his heel, cheeks burning, and strode down the eastern side of the house. They'd been teasing him ever since he'd arrived. If it hadn't been for Anya, he probably would have pleaded with his captain for a reassignment. He and Anya only ever exchanged a few words on his rounds, but she was always the best part of his night. And he had to admit, he liked Chuta's house, too. The few peaks he'd managed through the windows, Chuta had one of the grandest mansions in the Geldstrat. floors set with gleaming squares of black and white stone, shining dark wood walls lit by blown glass chandeliers that floated like jellyfish near the coffered ceilings. Sometimes, Jost liked to pretend that he was in his house, that he was a rich merchant just out for a stroll through his fine garden. Before he rounded the corner, Jost took a deep breath. Anya, your eyes are brown like... tree bark? He'd think of something. He was better off being spontaneous anyway. He was surprised to see the glass-paneled doors to the Grisha workshop open, more than the hand-painted blue tiles in the kitchen or the mantles laden with potted tulips, this workshop was a testimony to Chöda's wealth. Grisha indentures didn't come cheap, and Chöda had three of them. But Yuri wasn't seated at the long work table, and Anya was nowhere to be seen. Only Redvenko was there, sprawled out on a chair in dark blue robes, eyes shut, a book open on his chest. Yost hovered in the doorway, then cleared his throat. "'These doors should be shut and locked at night.' "'Houses like furnace,' Redvenko drawled, without opening his eyes, "'his Ravkin accent thick and rolling. "'Tell Khudda I stop sweating, I close doors.' "'Redvenko was a squalor, older than the other Grisha indentures, "'his hair shot through with silver.' There were rumors he'd fought for the losing side in Ravka's civil war, and had fled to Kerch after the fighting. "'I'd be happy to present your complaints to Councilman Khode. Jost lied. The house was always overheated, as if Khode were under obligation to burn coal, but Yost wasn't going to be the one to mention it. Until then— "'You bring news of Yuri!' Riftvenko interrupted, finally opening his heavily hooded eyes— Jost glanced uneasily at the bowls of red grapes and heaps of burgundy velvet on the work table. Yuri had been working on bleeding color from the fruit into curtains for Mistress Chöder, but he'd fallen badly ill a few days ago, and Jost hadn't seen him since. Dust had begun to gather on the velvet, and the grapes were going bad. I haven't heard anything. "'Of course you hear nothing. Too busy strutting around in stupid purple uniform.' "'What was wrong with his uniform? "'And why did Redvenko even have to be here? "'He was Huda's personal squalor "'and often traveled with the merchant's most precious cargoes, "'guaranteeing favorable winds "'to bring the ship safely and quickly into harbor. "'Why couldn't he be away at sea now?' "'I think Yuri may be quarantined.' "'So helpful,' Redvenko said with a sneer. "'You can stop craning neck like Huffle goose. he added. "'Anya is gone.' Yost felt his face heat again. "'Where is she?' he asked, trying to sound authoritative. "'She should be in after dark.' "'One hour ago, Khuda takes her. "'Same as night he came for Yori.' "'What do you mean, he came for Yori? "'Yori fell ill. "'Khuda comes for Yori. "'Yori comes back sick. Two days later, Yori vanishes for good. "'Now Anya.' "'For good?' Maybe there was an emergency. If someone needed to be healed... First Yori, now Anya. I will be next, and no one will notice except for poor little officer Yost. Go now. If Councilman Chuda, Redvenko raised an arm, and a gust of air slammed Yost backward. Yost scrambled to keep his footing, grabbing for the doorframe. I say then now. Redvenko etched a circle in the air, and the door slammed shut. Jost let go just in time to avoid having his fingers smashed, and toppled into the side garden. He got to his feet as quickly as he could, wiping muck from his uniform, shame squirming in his belly. One of the glass panes in the door had cracked from the force. Through it he saw the squalor smirking. That's counting against your indenture, Jost said, pointing to the ruined pane. He hated how small and petty his voice sounded. Redvenko waved his hand, and the doors trembled on their hinges. Without meaning to, Jost took a step back. "'Go make your rounds, little watchdog,' Redvenko called. "'That went well,' snickered Rutger, leaning against the garden wall. "'How long had he been standing there?' "'Don't you have better to do than follow me around?' Jost asked. "'All guards are to report to the boathouse, even you.' or are you too busy making friends? I was asking him to shut the door. Rutger shook his head. You don't ask. You tell. They're servants, not honored guests. Jost fell into step beside him, inside still churning with humiliation. The worst part was that Rutger was right. Redvenko had no business talking to him that way. But what was Jost supposed to do? Even if he'd had the courage to get into a fight with a squalor, it would be like brawling with an expensive vase. The Grisha weren't just servants. They were Huda's treasured possessions. What had Redvenko meant about Yuri and Anya being taken anyway? Had he been covering for Anya? Grisha indentures were kept to the house for good reason. To walk the streets without protection was to risk getting plucked by a slaver and never seen again. Maybe she's meeting someone, Joost speculated miserably. His thoughts were interrupted by the blaze of light and activity down by the boathouse that faced the canal. Across the water he could see other fine merchant houses, tall and slender, the tidy gables of their rooftops making a dark silhouette against the night sky, their gardens and boathouses lit by glowing lanterns. A few weeks before, Jost had been told that Hyde's boat-house would be undergoing improvements and to strike it from his rounds. But when he and Rutger entered, he saw no paint or scaffolding. The gondols and oars had been pushed up against the walls. The other house guards were there in their sea-green livery, and Jost recognized two stadwatch guards in purple. But most of the interior was taken up by a huge box a kind of freestanding cell that looked like it was made from reinforced steel. It seems thick with rivets, a huge window embedded in one of its walls. The glass had a wavy bent, and through it, Jost could see a girl seated at a table, clutching her red silks tight around her. Behind her, a Stadvat guard stood at attention. Anya, Jost realized with a start. Her brown eyes were wide and frightened, her skin pale. The little boy sitting across from her looked doubly terrified. His hair was sleep-must, and his legs dangled from the chair, kicking nervously at the air. "'Why all the guards?' asked Jost. "'There had to be more than ten of them crowded into the boathouse. "'Councilman Hodo was there, too, along with a merchant Jost didn't know. "'Both of them dressed in mercher black.' Jost stood up straighter when he saw they were talking to the captain of the Stadwatch. He hoped he'd gotten all the garden mud off his uniform. What is this? Rutger shrugged. Who cares? It's a break in the routine. Jost looked back through the glass. Annie was staring out at him, her gaze unfocused. The day he'd arrived at Hoda House, she'd healed a bruise on his cheek. It had been nothing— the yellow-green remnants of a crack he'd taken to the face during a training exercise. But apparently Khedda had caught sight of it and didn't like his guards looking like thugs. Jost had been sent to the Grisha workshop, and Anya had set him down in a bright square of late winter sunlight. Her cool fingers had passed over his skin, and though the itch had been terrible, bare seconds later it was as if the bruise had never been. When Yost thanked her, Anya smiled, and Jost was lost. He knew his cause was hopeless. Even if she'd had any interest in him, he could never afford to buy her indenture from Chöda, and she would never marry unless Chöda decreed it. But it hadn't stopped him from dropping by to say hello or to bring her little gifts. She'd liked the map of Kirchbast, a whimsical drawing of their island nation, surrounded by mermaids swimming in the true sea and ships blown along by winds depicted as fat-cheeked men. It was a cheap souvenir, the kind tourists bought along East Stav, but it seemed to please her. Now he risked raising a hand in greeting. Anya showed no reaction. She can't see you, moron, laughed Rutger. The glass is mirrored on the other side. Jost's cheeks pinked. How was I to know that? Open your eyes and pay attention for once. First Yuri now Anya. Why do they need a Grisha healer? Is that boy injured? He looks fine to me. The captain and Huda seemed to reach some kind of agreement. Through the glass, Yust saw Huda enter the cell and give the boy an encouraging pat. There must have been vents in the cell because he heard Huda say... Be brave, lad. There's a few kruga in it for you. Then he grabbed Anya's chin with a liver-spotted hand. She tensed, and Yus' gut tightened. Huda gave Anya's head a little shake. Do as you're told, and this will be over soon, ja? She gave a small, tight smile. Of course, uncle. Huda whispered a few words to the guard behind Anya, then stepped out. The door shut with a loud clang, and Huda slid a heavy lock into place. Huda and the other merchant took positions almost directly in front of Jost and Rotger. The merchant Jost didn't know said, "'You're sure this is wise. This girl is a korpelnik. After what happened to your fabricator, if it was Redvenko, I'd be worried. But Anya has a sweet disposition. She's a healer, not prone to aggression.' And you've lowered the dose? Yes, but we're agreed that we have the same results as the fabricator. The council will compensate me. I can't be asked to bear that expense. When the merchant nodded, Huda signaled the captain. Proceed. The same results as the fabricator. Radvenko claimed Yuri had vanished. Was that what he'd meant? Sergeant, said the captain. Are you ready? The guard inside the cell replied... "'Yes, sir,' he drew a knife. "'Yost swallowed hard. First test,' said the captain. "'The guard bent forward and told the boy to roll up his sleeve. "'The boy obeyed and stuck out his arm, "'popping the thumb of his other hand into his mouth. "'Too old for that,' thought Yost. "'But the boy must be very scared. "'Yost had slept with a sock bear until he was nearly fourteen. "'a fact his older brothers had mocked mercilessly. "'This will sting just a bit,' said the guard. "'The boy kept his thumb in his mouth and nodded, eyes round. "'This really isn't necessary,' said Anya. "'Quiet, please,' said Huda. "'The guard gave the boy a pat, "'then slashed a bright red cut across his forearm. "'The boy started crying immediately.' "'Anya tried to rise from her chair, "'but the guard placed a stern hand on her shoulder. "'It's all right, sergeant,' said Huda. "'Let her heal him.' "'Anya leaned forward, taking the boy's hand gently. "'Shh,' she said softly. "'Let me help.' "'Will it hurt?' the boy gulped. "'She smiled. Not at all. "'Just a little itch. Try to hold still for me.' "'Jost found himself leaning closer.' He'd never actually seen Anya heal someone. Anya removed a handkerchief from her sleeve and wiped away the excess blood. Then her fingers brushed carefully over the boy's wound. Just watched in astonishment as the skin slowly seemed to reform and knit together. A few minutes later, the boy grinned and held out his arm. It looked a bit red, but was otherwise smooth and unmarked. Was that magic? Anya tapped him on the nose. Of a sort, the same magic your own body works when given time and a bit of bandage. The boy looked almost disappointed. Good, good, Hoda said impatiently. Now the param. Just frowned. He'd never heard that word. The captain signalled to his surgeon. Second sequence. Put out your arm, the surgeon said to the boy once again. The boy shook his head. I don't like that part. Do it. The boy's lower lip quivered, but he put out his arm. The guard cut him once more. Then he placed a small wax paper envelope on the table in front of Anya. Swallow the contents of the packet, Huda instructed Anya. What is it? she asked, voice trembling. That isn't your concern. What is it? "'She repeated. "'It's not going to kill you. "'We're going to ask you to perform some simple tasks "'to judge the drug's effects. "'The surgeon is here to make sure "'you do only what you're told and no more. "'Understood?' "'Her jaw set, but she nodded. "'No one will harm you,' said Hürde. "'But remember, if you hurt the surgeon, "'you have no way out of that cell. "'The doors are locked from the outside.' "'What is that stuff?' whispered Yost. Don't know, said Rutger. What do you know? He muttered. Enough to keep my trap shut. Jost scowled. With shaking hands, Anya lifted the little wax envelope and opened the flap. Go on, said Huda. She tipped her head back and swallowed the powder. For a moment she sat, waiting, lips pressed together. Is it just Jorda? she asked hopefully. Yost found himself hoping too. Jorda was nothing to fear, a stimulant everyone in the Stadwatch chewed to stay awake on late watches. What does it taste like? Huda asked. Like Jorda, but sweeter it Anya inhaled sharply. Her hands seized the table, her pupils dilating enough that her eyes looked nearly black. Oh she said, sighing it was nearly a purr. The guard tightened his grip on her shoulder. How do you feel? She stared at the mirror and smiled. Her tongue peeked through her white teeth, stained like rust. Yost felt suddenly cold. Just as it was with the fabricator, murmured the merchant. Heal the boy, Huda commanded. She waved her hand through the air, the gesture almost dismissive, and the cut on the boy's arm sealed instantly. The blood lifted briefly from his skin in droplets of red, then vanished. His skin looked perfectly smooth, all trace of blood or redness gone. The boy beamed. That was definitely magic. It feels like magic, Anya said with that same eerie smile. She didn't touch him, marveled the captain. Anya? "'said Huda. "'Listen closely. "'We're going to tell the guard to perform the next test now.' "'Hmm, Anya. "'Sergeant,' said Huda, "'cut off the boy's thumb.' "'The boy howled and started to cry again. "'He shoved his hands beneath his legs to protect them. "'I should stop this,' Jost thought. "'I should find a way to protect her, both of them. "'But what then? "'He was a nobody.' "'New to the Stadwatch, new to this house. "'Besides, he discovered in a burst of shame, "'I want to keep my job.' "'Anya merely smiled and tilted her head back "'so she was looking at the sergeant. "'Shoot the glass.' "'What did she say?' asked the merchant. "Sergeant," the captain barked out. "'Shoot the glass,' Anya repeated. "'The sergeant's face went slack.' He cocked his head to one side as if listening to a distant melody, then unslung his rifle and aimed at the observation window. "'Get down!' someone yelled. Yost threw himself to the ground, covering his head as the rapid hammer of gunfire filled his ears and bits of glass rained down on his hands and back. His thoughts were a panicked clamor. His mind tried to deny it, but he knew what he'd just seen." Anya had commanded the surgeon to shoot the glass. She'd made him do it. But that couldn't be. Grisha Korporalki specialized in the human body. They could stop your heart, slow your breathing, snap your bones. They couldn't get inside your head. For a moment there was silence. Then Yost was on his feet with everyone else, searching for his rifle. Huda and the captain shouted at the same time, SUBDUE HER! SHOOT HER! Do you know how much money she's worth? Huda retorted. Someone restrain her. Do not shoot. Anya raised her hands, red sleeves spread wide. Wait, she said. Yost's panic vanished. He knew he'd been frightened, but his fear was a distant thing. He was filled with expectation. He wasn't sure what was coming or when, only that it would arrive and that it was essential he'd be ready to meet it. It might be bad or good. He didn't really care. His heart was free of worry and desire. He longed for nothing, wanted for nothing. His mind silent, his breath steady. He only needed to wait. He saw Anya rise and pick up the little boy. He heard her crooning tenderly to him some Ravkan lullaby. Open the door and come in, she said. Just heard the words, understood them, forgot them. Huda walked to the door and slid the bolt free. He entered the steel cell. Do as you're told, and this will soon be over, ja, Anya murmured with a smile. Her eyes were black in bottomless pools. Her skin was a light, glowing, incandescent. A thought flickered through Just's mind beautiful as the moon. Anya shifted the boy's weight in her arms. Don't look, she murmured against his hair. Now, she said to Huda, pick up the knife. If you enjoyed this chapter and are hungry for more, this title is available in ebook form through Libby by Overdrive. Visit calvertlibrary.info for more information and stay tuned for more book bites.